Thanks for listening to the Best of Coast to Coast podcast. If you want to hear more than just this highlight from the program, become a Coast Insider, and you can listen to the full episode, plus recent shows covering the mysterious death of Kurt Cobain, the possibility that government may soon reveal the truth about UFOs, and the power of witchcraft as told by an actual practicing witch. Start listening now by heading over to coasttocoastam.com and signing up for Coast Insider. Now here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. Next story, Abby, tell us about that. Oh, this is kind of a cool one. Um, You know, you think about kids and imaginary friends. Well, maybe sometimes they're not so imaginary. Maybe not. uh, This is another uh, Nick, actually. This Nick is from Connecticut. And he said since his daughter could talk, uh, which at the time he told me the story had been about a year, they'd be in their garage. And she would look at a certain part of the garage and say, Abby. And then when she could talk a little better, she would say, hi, Abby, <laughs> or that's Abby. And Nick and his wife always thought it was a little strange, but, you know, kids uh, say some off-the-wall stuff, so they didn't think much about it. And there's also a character on Sesame Street called Abby Cadabby. So they thought, well, maybe they got the, 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 this little girl got it off of uh, TV. But the thing was, Abby Cadabby from Sesame Street uh, is a hot pink character, that color. And there's nothing like that in the garage. The house is about 70 years old, and it's very no frills. Uh, so nothing pink at all in the garage. So anyway, they didn't think much of it. And then Nick, when he called in, he said a couple weeks ago, he had been in a garage with his daughter going through some boxes. And at one point, she said to him, Daddy, that's Abby. And Nick said, where? And she pointed to where she's always looking, and there was nothing there. It was boxes and rakes and garage stuff. He called his wife out, and he was starting to get a little concerned, like, this is kind of weird. And uh, uh, she's saying that Abby thing again. So anyway, they had become friendly with the people they had bought the house from. Um, That family had owned the house for about 70 years. So anyway, they call up uh, the woman who uh, was part of the family that they were friendly with, uh, and uh, they well, they texted her first and asked if there had been any Abbeys in her husband's family, and uh, just on a whim, thinking that nothing would come of it. So anyway, uh, Nick's wife heard back the next day. Jessica said, not exactly an Abbey, but give me a call. So Nick's wife gave Jessica a call. She said, there's no Abbeys in the family, but my husband's grandmother, who lived in the house, was named Agatha. And everybody uh-huh. called her Aggie. I just got chills when mm. I said that. <laughs> and that it was cool. Out, and then they found out that right at the point where the daughter was always pointing, it's where this woman had her garage tool, I mean her gardening tools. And they asked the little girl, she said, are you saying Abby or are you saying Aggie? And she said, Aggie, Aggie. So all this time, they thought it was an imaginary friend or something from a TV show. And it was Agatha, the gardener, who was, I think, uh, the little girl's imaginary friend. That's fantastic. That's a great story. And you've got another one called To Heaven and Back. Yeah, this one. Ooh, this was. Um, this is a story of a young man. He had taken martial arts, and he had a friend named Ben. And unfortunately, and I believe this was, he was kind of not clear on it, but I think he was in his teen years. And the young man, Ben, passed away. This is Kenny from Texas. And anyhow, um, 
couple days later, Kenny has a dream of Ben. And uh, basically, uh, he sees Ben, and uh, Ben calls him on the phone, and it's the old school phones like we all used to know, the wall phones. And Kenny talks to Ben in his dream on the phone. Ben says he was alone, didn't know what to do, he was afraid. And he said that he didn't want to go to the light by himself. And Kenny says, oh, okay, and that was the end of the dream. So then the next day, he had another dream. And the phone rang again. And Kenny picked it up, and it was Ben again in the dream, his dead friend. And this time, Ben was excited to talk to him. He was very happy. He said that he was staying in a fun place, uh, which was okay, but he knew it wasn't a permanent place. It was like a holding place. And Ben asked Kenny if he wanted to come see it. And Kenny said, this is a dream. Sure, I want to come see it. So anyway, he said all of a sudden he felt like he was pulled into another world. He said the environment was totally different. Um, it seemed more intense. The environment was thicker. Things seemed more exaggerated with happiness and euphoria. He said that they were on a playground and swinging. And he said there were beings that were looking at them, four or five of them, just emotionless, but they were indifferent. And um, anyway, um, Ben asked Kenny, do you want to go into the light with me? And Kenny says, well, it's a dream, so sure I want to go into the light with you. And he said he got, uh, that he, he got pulled out of the dream, and he said he had felt that he was having a cessation in his body. That he was traveling at great speed. He said he could feel his body rushing and air noises going through, and he felt like he was in, t- in a tunnel. And the only thing he could hear was just the constant speed of wind, like you're in a car going 100 miles an hour. Yeah. He said that went on for 20 seconds or so, and then they ascended upward. And then they started to look at their surroundings. He thought he wasn't in a dream anymore, that he had entered the realm of heaven. And uh, this went on and on, and he said he saw millions of angels. He said he had a heavy yet steady vibration of his body, and he felt he was home, that there was unconditional love. And then all of a sudden, he saw what he thought was the Son of God, and he said, Hello, Jesus. And he, as soon as he said, hello, Jesus, he said he spoke his name. He was jerked back into his body so fast it felt like his whole body was wearing suspenders. And he got snapped back immediately, kind of what you'd see in a cartoon. So he believes that he really went with his friend Ben and saw heaven and came back. All right, these stories are amazing. Yeah. And the thing is, is that, George, there's no benefit to these people to make these up. I mean, uh, and be on my show. I mean, as a podcast goes, it's pretty darn popular. But in the big scheme of things, I'm just a guy doing an Internet radio show. I, I mean, it's not like it's great fame or fortune. I believe these people are telling me what's really happened to them. Next up, face-to-face with the devil. I'm not oh, sure I'm going to like this one. <laughs> it's, this is a short but spooky one. And I should say, this is Thad from Louisiana, and he said his father was a salt-of-the-earth man. I believe he was a, a World War II veteran, so a very kind of religious, stable guy. Uh, you know, uh, rock-ribbed, all that good stuff. So anyway, he said this experience happened years after his dad returned from the war, but before Thad was born. Uh, Thad's dad had built a house where he grew up, and he built a tool shed. 
Well, one day, Thad's dad and his mom got in a very heated verbal argument. According to Thad's older brothers, they did that all the time when they were younger. Words were exchanged, and Dad stepped out of the house to simmer down and cool off. He went around to, uh, Thad said, fiddle around in his shed. He said all of a sudden in the shed, he heard a voice come out from the corner. It laughed with an evil cackle and said, well, you sure fixed her, didn't you? My dad looked up, and in the corner was a man in an all-black suit. He looked completely normal except for his eyes. In Daddy's words, he called them alligator eyes. The figure laughed again, and my dad said that it was just pure evil. Dad shot out of that shed and did not look back. It frightened him to his core, even to the end of his life. And this is the point I was making, George. These people tell these stories to the day they die. Even to the end of his life, he did not like talking about that man in the black suit, and I don't blame him. I don't blame him at all. On the matter, Dad simply said, that was the devil who appeared to me. He said, my father was a good man, and I miss him every single day. I believe these stories with every fiber of my being, because whenever he told you something, it was the gospel truth. The next one seems somewhat comical, the ghost janitor. Yeah, this is kind of a sweet story. Um, this was this actually just was on the show last week. Um, uh, Andrew from Kentucky, a uh, young man, and he was getting married. So uh, as a young man will do, he was going out to find an apartment for he and his bride. And he started to move in things to prepare for when they were married and, and would live together and have their first home together. He said the first day he got his mattress in there, he's lying down and he starts to hear water in the next room. He figures it was the neighbors or some type of leak. But then he finds his bathroom sink faucet is turned on. Now he's tired. He's working full time. He's trying to move. He's got a lot on his mind. He thought, I might have just left it on. Then he noticed water dripping from the ceiling. And uh, again, over the course of a number of days, weird things will always happen with water. There'll be a faucet turned on. He'll hear the tub faucet drip, uh, drip, dripping. But it's an older place, and he's like, uh, Andrew's saying, hey, this just could be what it is, an older place, you know, with a lot of little creaks and leaks. So his wife moves in. She has one of these little essential oil diffusers that have the real pleasant oil that yeah. goes around and is really nice smelling and so forth. Yeah. And she likes to turn it on in the morning after Andrew leaves for work. Well, one day she had this terrible nightmare, and she woke up and she said, boy, I would like to get up to turn it on, but I'm afraid to get out of bed. All of a sudden, she hears a beep. It turned on itself. The toilet starts flushing itself, and then the faucets start turning on themselves. Now, Andrew, he's a sensible guy. He's still being skeptical. The place is old, but they keep seeing a leak on the ceiling that I told you about, but the landlord can't find the source. There's nothing causing it. Eventually, his sister-in-law, who is very sensitive, comes to the apartment, so she feels there's a spirit in there, not necessarily trying to communicate, but performing some kind of a routine. Andrew thinks, well, why do you know who would be messing with water? Who could it be? Who would do that kind of ritual? So they're a family function, and he's talking to his mother-in-law, and she said, well, maybe someone died in your apartment. Well, sure enough, Andrew and his wife researched it, did you know that the old maintenance man, Carl, used to live in that apartment? But that's not all he did there. He also died there, too. 
He was the maintenance guy, probably doing his routine of turning the water on and off. They liked him so much that they actually took some water from the apartment when they moved, hoping he would follow them. But he didn't. I think Carl had his job to do there, and he wasn't about to leave. But I thought that was kind of a, a cool story. Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern and go to coasttocoastam.com for more.